0: It's
1: been about a year, but we're actually back. Welcome to The Samelnican Life. I'm Poppy. And I'm Beata. And this is the podcast that nobody asked for, but everybody needs.
2: So before beginning the episode, we would like to acknowledge that this podcast is written and recorded on unceded and unsurrendered Algonquin territory. To support the local Indigenous community, please consider donating to organizations who are providing essential care. Examples are the Odawa Native Friendship Center, Wabano, and Minnewashin Lodge.
1: Okay, Beata, do you wanna start with uh what are we drinking?
2: Yes, obviously.
1: Um I'm gonna today crack I am... my beer. Sorry, I was gonna crack my beer right into the mic.
2: I'm gonna do that too. I was about to do it. <laughs> hey! Alright, um I'm drinking eighteen fifty-five Kitchissippi Kitchissippi beer. I'm um, drinking which I got delivered to my house.
1: I'm drinking nineteen seventy one by Dominion City. So we have matching number beers. Nice. 1971 is really good. I'm, like, really into it. it is. I like that one. Um, Yeah. It's very citrusy. I'm into it. I just wish the cans were bigger. That's all. I just wish it came in tall cans.
2: Yeah, that would be nice. Um, Anyways, a lot of the people listening right now might be very confused about what's happening. So if you are here because you were subscribed to the Cost Per Point cast, and suddenly you're getting us on your feed. Welcome! Hi!
1: <laughs> yeah, let's do a quick explanation. Uh, we not so recently signed to uh, partner with Silver Sevens, so um, mm-hmm. Cost Per Point isn't the only podcast that's supposed to be in the feed. We're, we're joining. So I'm sorry for you, but you'll enjoy it, I think. Hopefully. And the reason why we're in such Uh, a long hiatus is probably good to point out as well. Um, So I finished my degree- We didn't
2: plan it! We're sorry! Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got a degree and a job, like a big adult person, and Beata did something way more interesting.
2: I moved to Ghana for- it was supposed to be eight months, ended up being seven. Also before that, Poppy, you went abroad for a little bit during the summer, right? Anyways, it got very complicated. And also we had issues with our hosting. I think, like, Podbean wasn't working.
1: Yeah, it was a whole thing. It was um, a mess. So now Silver 7 kind of takes care of our hosting and stuff, which is nice. Yeah, and we're definitely going to be in the same country for the foreseeable future. So that's... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Both both a curse and um, kind of nice. Obviously, we're not recording in the same room. We're getting our beer delivered to us, like royalty
2: stay home so we can record our podcast in the same room god i'd miss it
1: um okay so yeah um a quick reintroduction <laughs> my name is poppy i didn't start following hockey until i don't know 2015 maybe and i'm definitely mostly interested in the cultural and like sort of political sphere of hockey. But obviously also love watching the game. So we're definitely not going to be doing the same kind of hockey reporting that Cosper Point cast does. What? I'm so sorry. (laughs) Sorry if you're disappointed. (laughs) Do you want to introduce yourself as well, Beata?
2: Uh, Yeah, of course. So I'm Beata. I have been following hockey pretty much my whole life. Got really, really into the sense specifically around like Okay, no, I was really into the Sens around, like, 2007, and then fell off a little bit, um, mostly because my mom's a big Canucks fan, and I was, like, really into the Canucks for a bit. Don't care about them anymore, but, like, anyways, around 2013 um, is when I started, like, getting into hockey blogs and stuff, and I have been writing for Silver 7 Sens since the very beginning of 2017, so over three years now, but... I obviously was in Ghana last year and just took a break from blogging because internet is expensive there <laughs> and there was a big time difference and I just didn't want to do it. So That's fair. Um so anyways, this like yearly this is recap of the last year that we're going to do will be fun um because I was in Ghana the whole time.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I was trying to finish a degree. It was a good time for both of us. Yeah. So uh, let's recap the last year in men's hockey. Beata wants to talk about yeah, I Battle wrote, of the Blaze. <laughs> okay, so the thing is, I wrote like
2: the last year in hockey, and then but we have a section later where we're talking about the NWHL. So I was like, no, it's the last year in men's hockey because we're not going to talk about women's hockey. But like, I'm looking at this list, and it's not the last year in men's hockey. <laughs> Okay, let's go back. <clears throat> so, but anyway, the last year in hockey. Anyways, um, I yeah, in hockey, I guess, uh, minus NWHL stuff. Battle of the Blades came back, and I just need to say this because I'm very sad that I couldn't talk about it on the podcast while it was happening. If you don't know, it's a TV show where hockey players. It's kind of like Dancing with the Stars, I guess. Retired hockey players, or sometimes current hockey players learn to figure skate, and they get paired up with professional figure skaters and do like ice dancing and pairs figure skating. And it is amazing. It is the best entertainment. I was obsessed with this um, like years ago back when they were on the air like every year, and then they took a really long hiatus, and now they're back. And oh my god, Natalie Spooner was so good at it. <laughs> and I forget the name of the guy who won, which is really bad because I was so into it. But it was really great. I did not put in the effort of watching hockey during my time in Ghana, but I did like put a lot of effort into watching Battle of the Blades. Like I spent a lot of money on the internet to do this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say I watched some hockey for sure, but I didn't watch Battle of the Blades, and I'm starting to regret that decision. It was but really I also great. like i I notoriously try not to watch t v when I have school stuff going on, and so. Mm my indulgence was watching hockey and it was a very depressing indulgence.
2: <laughs> better off with the figure skating poppy. I know. Yeah, also by the way, I compiled this list by just going through my Twitter account from the past year. Would recommend
1: as a way to like recap the year. <laughs> That's amazing. Um so we also have Don Cherry getting fired, which is obviously old news, but it's good news. We I mean, I think everybody amazing. knows that we do not like Don Cherry.
2: No, it was it was a big win for hockey culture in general. Yeah, he just said some racist stuff and then they fired him. And what I remember about this event, like where were you when Don Cherry got fired? I was recovering from malaria. Um, <laughs> the day that Don Cherry got fired was the was my first day without muscle aches. Like Don Cherry being fired cured my malaria. That
1: was a beautiful day. It I really was was writing a very long paper about religious tourism and i it was really interesting it was really fun but it also was like ruining my brain and i remember i'd been writing for like hours and hours and hours and i i just finally took a break and i like looked at my phone and i was like oh (laughs) nice (laughs) like okay and then I got the energy to finish the papers so that was fun yeah I don't think there's much to say about it we have spoken about Don Cherry before we don't like Don Cherry Um, I think that it's really important to make room in sports journalism for people who have actual like nuanced and interesting things to say you could argue that Don Cherry was important because he was sort of this Canadian institution but not all Canadian institutions are good so, no. <laughs> you know, rest in pieces, Korea. Yeah. Also,
2: why weren't we hired to take his place? Because that's what I wanted to happen. That's what I was expecting <sighs> to happen. I was tweeting Hockey Night every night. I was <laughs> like, I don't even care if I'm in Ghana. I don't care if I'm not watching any hockey. I deserve Don Cherry's job.
1: I look very good in a pantsuit and I'm very upset. But right? whatever, I guess. I mean, at least mm-hmm. we can do our brilliant podcast. <sighs> <Yes. laughs> so... Uh, In in absolutely not hockey-related news, uh, cats came to movie theatres. So, for for new listeners, we're very interested in mascots, and I think that the extension of being interested in mascots is being interested in any kind of weird humanoid creature. Uh, We've had to say this many times, more times than I'd wish to, like, (laughs) count. This is not a furry podcast. Um, We're not furries. But we are very interested in (laughs) any kind of culture that relates to humanoid animals it's a very strange (laughs) and interesting like human impulse to humanize animals so cats was deranged um (laughs) Um. (sighs) i
2: i personally have been a fan of musical theater for a very long time and have never had the desire to see cats
1: i Um. have
2: (laughs) That said (laughs) uh, Mostly just like for musical theater Reasons it doesn't seem like my kind of show Not so much because of like The humanoid cats that's not what turns Me away from it (laughs) Anyways um, multiple people Messaged me and tweeted me saying I needed to watch this movie and I was Like that's you know I was a little bit Offended but like that's valid Um, Unfortunately (laughs) I was not able to Convince any of my friends in Ghana To go um, and watch this movie With me (laughs) Um, so I still haven't seen it. Way to make friends I with the locals,
1: like- Beata. Hey,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you want to watch Cats? <laughs> hey, my Canadian friends didn't want to. do
1: Musical. Um, I watched it. Um, I've also um, I I understand that Cats is the most deranged story. I think in musicals. I mean, there's a lot of deranged mm-hmm. musical stories, but Cats is really just out there in terms of that the story isn't very nuanced it doesn't need to be that long the word Jellicle is just stupid but whatever I think that Cats is an interesting musical to watch live because of the choreography I think that a choreography that includes sort of like animal movements is really nice. Similar to the fact that I hate the the uh, Lion King, but I would love to watch the Lion King musical. I think that it's a really interesting sort of thing to build a choreography with. But then the movie Cats made it really horny. Like, insanely <laughs> horny. Like, I cannot... I knew that there would be sort of like cat-like choreography, but there was way too much rubbing and licking. It was insane. <laughs> um, my mom doesn't agree. She thought it was a great movie. <laughs> just to call her out here she listens to (laughs) our podcast that's fair but it it was definitely fun i thought everybody complained about jason derulo i thought jason derulo was the only person in the movie who was brilliant he he works jason derulo is such a like brilliantly tacky pop star that he was just made for cats it was amazing
2: huh well i'll have to go check it out
1: at some point (laughs) also release the butthole cut (laughs) (laughs) i want to see the cut of the movie where they all have cat buttholes i want to know first of all who decided to animate cat buttholes and then who decided to take them out of the final cut (laughs) it's very important to me what is like really amazing is that the animation i could talk about this movie for ages but the animation (laughs) is so crazy and like there's scenes where like they'll be walking downstairs and like their feet aren't touching the ground right like it's not great animation in many places or like it won't have been they won't fully animate like the thug on the face so you can see the makeup running but then they sort of slacked on all of that but they managed to animate in and out cat buttholes <laughs> like they managed to put buttholes into the movie and then take them all out again <laughs> I feel that it's so interesting that that's what they spent their time on. (laughs) Brilliant movie. We should probably talk about something else.
2: (laughs) So that was, I think that's the only like really non-hockey thing we're going to talk about today.
1: But it's important. <laughs>
2: um, but moving back to yeah, it was really important. Moving back to to hockey, the hockey news did their power and influence top one hundred list. And again, I would, I compiled this like recap by going through my Twitter, and I was very upset that we didn't get named to the power and influence list.
1: I think that especially for people who don't know us, um, I think it's important to note that Beata has been both hired and fired as an influencer. <laughs> By the Ottawa Senators, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> which is my favorite tidbit. So, I, you know, I'm not I'm not recognized in the in the holy like influencer world, but Beata is. But we
2: we convince the entire hockey world that mascots fuck. Come on, Poppy,
1: we're both. That's influencers. true. We are actually pretty influential. The fact that every time there's any kind yeah. of mascot news, people <laughs> send it to us does imply (laughs) that we have some influence. I think they call that micro-influencers now. Just uh, throwing that out there. Okay. We might be micro-influencers. I don't know. No, I don't think
2: we're micro-influencers. I think we're just regular influencers.
1: (laughs) I wish. Okay, so um, this is a piece of news that I am personally very passionate about, which is that Gritty got arrested. Um, (laughs) I'm passionate about this for many reasons. The first one is that depending Mm -hmm. on where you read about it, the incident is, like, more or less crazy. For example, (laughs) first it was like, okay, Gritty uh, took a picture with this kid. So we all, what we do know is Gritty, this kid, and his dad were taking a Christmas picture. The kid tapped Gritty on the head three times. And then the dad says that they got up and were going to leave, and Gritty got out of his chair and either shoved or fully punched this child (laughs) in the back. So, depending on where you read about it, you can either, it's either like, oh, he, like, Gritty shoved a kid, or it's like, Gritty fully punched a kid. What I'm interested in is that he said that his son was punched, and that there were, like, bruises, and I'm really, I just want to know about the logistics of a person in a mascot costume, so I'm assuming it's very soft, punching a child so hard their back is bruised. I'm not saying it didn't happen, I'm just saying that must have been a really powerful punch.
2: Gritty is so powerful (laughs) and my favorite part about this whole thing is that people didn't say like the person in the Gritty costume got arrested,
1: it was Gritty got arrested. And it's actually like very interesting because (laughs) we don't, uh, so they brought this complaint to uh, the Flyers at first and the Flyers did like an internal mm-hmm. investigation and like checked their footage and they said they didn't have any proof of it. So then they took it to the police and the police went into an investigation into Gritty's alleged crime and let Gritty go. So mm-hmm. either Gritty didn't do it or Gritty did it and he's above the law. Either way, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And I really like, king. I mean, we you should stand. never, you should not assault a child. It's very important. No, no, no. You this shouldn't. This podcast you shouldn't. is anti-assaulting children.
2: <laughs> no, I, I personally believe. Okay, I want to believe in Gritty because, like, he's great, and I want to believe that he would never do something like that. But also, knowing Gritty as I do, he might have done that.
1: I think it's interesting that they they didn't ever release the name of the person inside Gritty. Like, that's my favorite part of it. Like, yeah. every news report is just Gritty got arrested. <laughs> they never use Gritty's civilian name.
2: I mean, are we sure that there is a person
1: inside the Gritty suit? Like, is he just, like, a sentient mascot? I mean, the thing with Gritty is, I, I used to believe that maybe he wasn't human. But now mm-hmm. that we're seeing a lot of Gritty quarantine content, and we're seeing a lot of Gritty True. in an apartment with, like, live, laugh, love pillows... Mm -hmm. I think Gritty is very human. (laughs) 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 That is a beautiful apartment, by the way. Like, the Live, Laugh, Love pillow or whatever it was, it wasn't, like, exactly that, but it had the vibe, was uh, questionable, but lots of beautiful plants. Mm -hmm. It's a nice apartment. Very, very tidy. I would expect something cluttered.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, It always makes me happy to get the notification. Gritty NHL is live. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Time to see Gritty, like, water his plants again. (laughs) So good. So, um, yeah, that was, like, probably the the tidbit of news that I'm most passionate about. I'm really interested. I want somebody, if you have a mascot costume, can you tell me if you can punch someone so hard (laughs) that it bruises? Like, I really need to know. I'm very interested.
2: All right. Other piece of news um, that's actually not mascot related um, for a change is that... Zach Sullivan plays for the Manchester Storm in the EIHL, became the first men's hockey player to come out as bisexual during their Pride weekend.
1: That's like... That was pretty cool. Very sweet and very cool. It's shocking how few players are openly queer, considering especially in comparison Mm -hmm. to women's hockey players, where like... I know. (laughs) They're all dating each other. Um... (laughs) It's like Kathleen
2: and Julie Chu just had their second baby.
1: God, I love that baby so much. Did you see the baby's uh, name? Is Tessa? Her name is Tessa. Did yeah. you
2: see? Yeah.
1: <laughs> this is like the most uh, exciting news I to ever them. come. Um yeah, that are that's so is. delightful. Um yeah, so I just find it yeah. like I mean, it's not surprising obviously. Uh we will probably delve into the like very intrinsic homophobia within men's hockey leagues again mm-hmm. at some point, but um It's I mean, do you think so?
2: Is it really, like, a big thing, Poppy? Is it something Mm. that comes up ever? Hmm. No,
1: I think, actually, every single hockey player just happens to be extremely straight. Like, there is no such thing as... If you play hockey, you can't be gay. That's it. Mm -hmm. Facts. No, like, it's obviously a thing. And uh, hopefully, I mean, it would be nice if this was a step towards other hockey leagues being a little bit more open and accepting. Mm -hmm. But uh, we also very well you saw
2: the sorry you saw the stuff about the eihl and like what they did for their pride weekend and it like you can see why it created such an accepting environment for him right like they did it really really well and i hope that other leagues do that as well
1: yeah I, i think that's a big part of it and i think that you know we still have an nhl culture where hockey players are saying that they're too afraid to literally use colored tape so, yeah, that was the thing. <laughs> like, and our Pride uh, events are usually pretty bad, um, <laughs> or just non-existent. So, Seed I mean, one of our past episodes. Yeah, I mean, I like that Borowiecki has been a lot more involved. Yeah. I think that, I mean, this is obviously speculation, but it seems that ever since Anders Nelson joined the team, him and Bor- uh, Borowiecki have been a lot more outspoken about their... Well, I mean, he's always been really outspoken, but mm-hmm. Boro's obviously, like, sort of found an environment in which he can be more outspoken about his political ideas. Yeah, that's
2: nice. And it's also really nice because Borrow is, like, this really tough guy, you know? Like, yeah. he's this, like, very, very masculine person. And so it's really cool that, like, he's the one who's kind of standing up and saying, like, this kind of stuff isn't cool. And I think, like, that contributes to why he is more able to do that kind of stuff I guess cuz he's like more typically masculine if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think that is a really good that is a that is a good sort of summation. I think that does um definitely mm-hmm. I guess help him in a way to be more outspoken. Anders Nilsson is obviously like a lot more like a stylish <laughs> like european so um they have like very different <laughs> vibes they, they play super differently mm-hmm. Barrow's known to be like one of the more aggressive players on the sense i do think yeah. that maybe it is good when players like that start being more outspoken it will sort of help support players who are more likely to get kind of knocked around a bit He's also, you know, like, yeah, exactly. one of the longest standing players on the team. So, or probably at this point, <laughs> the longest standing player God, on the team. God,
2: I remember before he even came into the league when he was the captain of our
1: AHL team. <laughs> yeah, like, like he's yeah. literally, like, uh. the, yeah, there's uh, there's nobody on the team right now who, who's been there as long as he has. So, I think that might be quite, quite good for him. We're not going to forgive the Melnick interview. Never forget. But
0: <laughs>
1: aside from that, he's a he's an icon and a king and he's been very outspoken mm-hmm. recently in ways that are very helpful, I think. And have started a mm-hmm. lot of interesting uh discussions. I hope that yeah. um that also sort of moves into the locker room. I mean, here's the thing, okay. if I was on Barrow's team, I wouldn't necessarily wanna be like talking too much shit. Like mm-hmm. if Barrow told me I was being too mean, I'd be like, okay, don't don't hit me. <laughs> so maybe that's helpful (laughs) okay so then the Sens retired Chris Phillips number I love this because Chris Phillips
2: like he's not the flashiest player but he was always around and also he did score the Stanley Cup winning goal on his own net once and I think that that is like the most sense thing that has ever happened. Like if there is one moment <laughs> in sense history
1: that could just like define the sense, it would be that own goal, you know? I like truly wish that I'd watched that game. Like I wish that I'd known of hockey at the time because I know I, that I'd I be cried, mad. but now I laugh at it. So, <laughs> I know that I'd be mad, but I think that it's such a funny moment. And as you said, so quintessential for the Senators. It it really is, like, I know. quite incredible. It's also, like, the closest we've ever gotten to a Stanley Cup.
2: <laughs> I mean, you could argue that the 2017 run, we had a better chance than that time, but, like, technically that was the closest we ever got, and the fact that it ended with an own goal is just, like, the best thing.
1: It does make me very happy. I also um, genuinely really love seeing Chris Phillips around CTC, He's always just hanging out and chatting to random people. I think it's nice. He seems he seems like a cool guy. I mean, obviously, like, you can email us if you want to tell us that he's not a cool guy, but... <laughs> from a distance, he seems feel like free. a cool guy. I feel like he seems also, like Also, cool he guy. owns Big Rig
2: Brewery, who, by the way, never responded to our email. <laughs> a
1: year ago... Look,
2: a year ago, we were, like really drunk after recording a podcast and we emailed Big Rig Brewery. Um, the subject line was Big Rig Energy and we <laughs> like, very, very drunkenly asked them to please sponsor us and they never even responded which I thought was rude but you know what? It's valid. I still love Chris Phillips. I appreciate him providing us with Big Rig beer for our podcasts even though we don't have it today. I wish that he did provide beer for our podcast. Like, I know.
1: he should deliver
2: just to us. Like, just a special deal with us, where he like delivers big rig big big rig beer to our houses only.
1: God, I wish, but mm-hmm. he won't. He doesn't love us enough. It's very sad, honestly. No. It's very sad to me. <laughs> to me personally, it really is. yeah. Um, I <laughs> also just too. like genuinely kind of really like big rigs so. <laughs> yeah it's, it's
2: actually good
1: yeah, yeah it M's. was like
2: it was a it was a really big moment when we first recorded a podcast with big rig gold like that was a big thing i remember um beautiful. also speaking of like retired numbers i just realized that this is episode 11 so it's episode daniel alfredson like as if we didn't already know that this is a really magical episode
1: that's it. Oh man, life is beautiful. Um, so, <laughs> moving from the most speaking of life being beautiful, yeah, from like the most quintessential Ottawa Senators moment to the most quintessential Toronto Maple Leafs mo- moment, the Leafs lost a game to their own Zamboni driver. David Ayers is an an icon and a king. His number should be retired league wide. <laughs> His number should be retired just everywhere. <laughs> that would be amazing. Just even it. like to the extent where, like, even like beer league hockey ranks should just have his jersey yeah. up. Um, yeah, they should. David Ayers, um, hockey player in his own right, um, but not for the NHL. <laughs> Every single person in Canada plays hockey. We've been through this, mm-hmm. and he usually drives the Zamboni at Toronto Maple Leafs or at least. You know, for their rank. And the team they were playing against, which honestly, I forgot what team that is, uh, didn't have. Was it the
2: Hurricanes? I feel like it was the Hurricanes.
1: I need I'm to fact look it check up. that. Fact checking. That, that's a better right idea now. than just guessing. <laughs> Real time fact checking. Oh. Was I right? Yes, it was the Canes. I beat you to it. Excellent. Uh, we love to fact check on this episode, on this, on this show. <laughs> Anyway, so um, the Carolina Hurricanes needed a backup goalie. Uh, David Ayers was there. Uh, I think he does have a contract in which he will play like emergency backup goalie. And so he did. And he did a very good job. And um, the Leafs lost, which was beautiful. Honestly, like truly so beautiful. Just from a perspective in which obviously we all hate the Leafs. We love to hate the Leafs. Mm -hmm. It's nice to see, A, like a a sort of underdog story. We love an underdog story. B, Mm -hmm. an underdog story where the Leafs lose. (laughs) I know. Like, no matter
2: how bad your team is, no matter how bad things are in the hockey world, it's nice to know that the Leafs are always there to do something so just unbelievably embarrassing to momentarily distract you from all of that and just everyone can just join in and pile on the Leafs like it's so much fun they are providing such a
1: valuable public service to the hockey world I love it it was it was just very fun and like as I said we love an underdog story it's nice to see someone Mm -hmm. who just like plays hockey in his own time get to play for the NHL and have like an iconic moment um Mm -hmm. seems like a sweet guy I hope everybody bought him a beer. I hope he gets to, uh, the team while he's driving his Zamboni. <laughs> That's my dream. Oh, that would be so nice. Like, he beats
2: you the team imagine? and he gets to just, like, drive the Zamboni every game <laughs> and just, like, <laughs> sees those players and he's like, ha ha, remember when I beat you? I love
1: it. I also think that driving a Zamboni is such an iconic job and, mm-hmm. like, f- it looks like a lot of fun. So, oh man, last season, well, I guess this season, but the season's over. We went to a 67s game and the Zamboni was, like, broken. And so this poor guy was driving around in circles, (gasps) but the ice was just, like, not being collected. (laughs) And it was... Yikes. I mean, 67s games are, like, very fun because there's always, like, a thousand goals per game but mm-hmm. there's something great and, like, true on ice entertainment when then there's, like, a high-stakes Zamboni moment as well. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love a good Zamboni moment. Can we briefly, this isn't in our notes, can we briefly discuss the fan bony that the, um, the senators started? Do you know about this? I don't think I knew about this. Okay, so the fan bony is basically kind of a Zamboni with a... I would say just, like... It's like the truck of the Zamboni world. Okay. And people get to sit in it during the intermission and just kind of drive around in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was hyped up, and I'm really disappointed by it, to be honest. It's it's not very exciting. I feel like they could have done some crazy stuff with it. I feel like they should let people in the Famboni shoot the t-shirt guns and stuff. Instead, it's just people riding the yeah. fan it's very It's very anticlimactic mm-hmm. and, once again, iconic senators to, like... Bring in something that could be really fun and then do the bare minimum so that it's boring. We love the Ottawa Senators. (laughs) God, I love my team. (laughs) Speaking of loving our team, Jean-Gabriel Pajot is no longer an Ottawa Senator. I never saw this day come, but here we are.
2: Yeah, so that was the last of my favorite players to be traded. It was a pretty big moment for me. Um, At least, like, yeah, I like some of the new guys, like Brady Kachuk and the others, but um, <laughs> <laughs> the others like <laughs> who's, Pajot on the was the who's on the team? <laughs> Pajot was the last of like the my favorites from twenty seventeen. You know, like and there were even some players that came after that I would consider my favorites that have been gone. Pajot was also the first player whose jersey I ever owned, so like that was a big thing. Anyways, when he got traded, I came home that day and my roommates were all like, oh, how was your day? And I just came home and I was like, so the Sens traded one of my favorite players, but it's fine. It's great even because you know what? That's the last time they can do it. Because it's the last one. It's the last favorite player. And they were just like, okay, you just go into your room and you like, you have your moment. <laughs>
1: We're just gonna you back like away. <laughs> crazy yelling about the Ottawa Senators is how I come home and yell about Caroline Calloway to my roommates. <laughs> Same energy. Yeah, I mean, I I have an important question, which is now that he's on a, a team that is not, now that he's on a team that does not allow him to live in Gatineau, will he change his Gatineau boy haircut?
2: <gasps> he can't. No. <laughs>
1: I think it's an important boy, question to always ask.
2: a Gatneau boy. No, he has to remember his roots. That'll be his way of like remembering where he comes from.
1: But will any baba outside of Gatineau do that? Like, will they even let him cut his hair like that? Can such a haircut exist you know, outside of Gatineau?
2: I'm sure he can find a way. He can just go back to Gatineau for his haircuts. It's
1: really? Fine. That's gonna be an expensive haircut.
2: <laughs> 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 so just he can just like Get his friends to do it. When I was in Ghana, all of my haircuts were done by my friends and they did a great job until I tried to fix it and messed it up.
1: I mean, at least he's been reunited with his Gatno boy. Wait, is Derek Brassard still in New York? I don't fucking know.
2: Stop! He's my
1: favorite! (laughs) We
2: love to fact check on this podcast. Derek Brassard. Everyone who came here
1: from Cosper Pointcast is judging us so hard right now. Yes, he's playing for the New York Islanders. See, at least the two Gatineau boys have been reunited. Like, they're both in New York now. They have. Yeah. Do you think that, like... Like, A, obviously being on the same team is, like, cute and iconic. Do you think that Brassard is helping Pajot find a barber that will give him a Gatineau boy haircut? Also, do you think... I hope so. Brassard is showing Pajot where he can find Putin. People need to let us know, like... What's the Gatineau community
2: in New York like?
1: Like <laughs> the is Gatineau there a <laughs> community of like Gatineau
2: boys? I'm
1: sorry, the Gatineau <laughs> community. This isn't even a French Canadian community. This is a specific Gatineau community. <laughs> Look, <laughs> it's a specific
2: culture, and I want to know: Are there? <laughs> Gatno boys in New York who will give you a Gatno boy haircut, or are Jean-Gabriel Peugeot and Derek Brassard starting that community?
1: The thing is, that are Derek Brassard never had community a community
2: in New York.
1: Derek Brassard never had a Gatno boy haircut. I mean, no, he kind of does, but not really. Whereas, I mean, you never know. Maybe in his like teenage years, he did. Okay, yes, but you know what I mean. Like at the time that he was on the Senators, he didn't have like a crazy Gatno boy haircut. But I do think that yeah. they're perfect, like, Derek Brassad looks like the type of Gatineau boy who wears construction boots every single day, and Jean-Gabriel yep. Peugeot is the type of Gatineau boy who has that weird, completely shaved-at-the-side haircut, and they truly yep. encompass the two iconic Gatineau boys. Um, mm-hmm. So, I hope they find their people in New York, like, yeah, I don't know what they're gonna yeah, do without, like... What are they even going to do with that, like, Petit Chicago? Where are they going to do karaoke? <laughs> it's very... I can't even I don't imagine. know, man. It's, it's very worrying, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, man. like... Goddamn it, that must be really tough. Um, no. I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent with that. I was just very interested in the <laughs> cat-no-boy culture. It's okay, we're all <laughs>
2: about tangents on the of life.
1: Yeah, um, to go on another tangent... Dylan DeMello got traded, which is truly sad for Craig Medaglia. (laughs) It really (laughs) is. Poor guy. Obviously, as fans of Dylan DeMello in our own right, we're suffering. At least I am suffering, Mm -hmm. because as we all know, a man who looks at least 10 years older than he is, is my (laughs) dream man. And on the other hand, he was very good for the senator's social media. We don't have many good senator's social media boys. Uh, we had Dylan DeMello, who was doing fun stuff. We have Brady Kachuk, who's promoting Milk on TikTok. That's it. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. It's, I love that so much. It's such an incredible ton of events. <laughs> um, but we don't really have many guys on the team. Like, Brady Kachuk is going to have to fill those shoes because, you know, like, Colin White seems to be down to, like, doing weird social media stuff. But as much as, once again, I love men who look 10 years older than they are, and Colin White is one of them, he also speaks like he's 10 years older than he is. (laughs) He's not great (laughs) at doing the social media stuff. It's not your job. You're a hockey player, notoriously terrible at interviews. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, I don't think we have anybody on the team right now who is, aside from Brady Kachuk, once again, who is going to be able to replace Dylan DeMello in our Senators social media.
2: It's it's a big hole to fill.
1: It is, and I don't see anybody really like doing it, to be honest. I mean, yeah. See, this is what we need to know
2: about trades and about the draft and stuff. Like Colin and Trevor are out there trying to talk about the players like stats and stuff but what about their impact on our social media
1: it's true that be something that we consider i think that christian valanin might possibly be good at pivoting to social media Mm
0: -hmm. but we don't
1: know yet can't tell you if that's true that's just you know that's just (laughs) my brain trying to find someone
2: yeah we'll have to see
1: just need somebody to step up I think that Thomas Shabbat is charming in that he is such a hockey man, and he seems like such an oblivious hockey man in every single thing he does, but again, he's not really in on the as often, although I think Thomas Shabbat would be great for some prime francophone content for the Suns, and I think we don't yeah, use him for that definitely. enough. Craig, if you're listening, mm-hmm. we need more francophone Shabbat content. It's very important.
2: Yep, Definitely.
1: Alright, so um do we want to talk about the actual prime content of this podcast?
2: Absolutely. So once again, to anyone who has no idea what this podcast is about and came here from the Cosper Point Cast, welcome. We apologize for absolutely none of what you are about to hear. This is our most popular and least popular segment. <laughs> After one year of hiatus, the mascot minute is finally back.
1: Should we begin? I'm so excited. Yes, let's go.
2: Okay. This, Spartacat thought angrily, was all Gritty's fault. If his lover hadn't broken his heart into a million pieces right before the road trip, Sparty might have shown up in LA, attended the game, and left with the rest of the team to spend the next few months in Ottawa. But no. Thanks to Gritty, Sparty had jumped into bed with Bailey on the night before the Sun's Kings game, stayed behind an extra day, and found himself
1: forced to self-isolate in Bailey's house, just in case. It hadn't been that bad at first. He and Bailey didn't get to see much of each other, so the first few days had been exciting. Bailey was also a cat, which meant that he was very familiar with Sparty's anatomy. But other cats just didn't do it for Sparty Cat anymore. He wanted orange fur and a purple belly button. He wanted Gritty. Gritty, who was gleefully entertaining the masses with daily Instagram lives, while Sparty wallowed in misery, missing Ottawa's unpredictable weather and overabundance of geese, while he overheated in LA. I am
2: so happy to have this (laughs) back.
1: Much like Sparty, I really miss Gritty's belly button. I need more Gritty belly button content. I... (laughs) (laughs) I know that my Gritty belly button love is (laughs) at times disconcerting. I am scarred, to this day, by
2: what you wrote a few episodes ago.
1: Um, I think it was probably my best writing. Thank you very much.
2: It was,
1: and yet. (laughs) I, like, (laughs) will never forget it. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) It was, um... (laughs) <laughs> it was just a stroke of um, genius. It was also, again, like one of those moments where you have this idea and then you just write, like, it obsessively. And then I had to text you yeah. and be like, oh no, Beata.
2: <laughs> I, I still will never forget the moment that I read that. Um, again, scarred for life. Anyways, we've had a lot of fun revisiting the mascot minute after a year. We had both forgotten just how
1: horrifying they get. This one was pretty tame. So, um, we're going to pivot from mascots, our one favourite topic, to women playing hockey, our other favourite topic. Uh, I'm going to let Beata take the lead on this, because I'm not as well versed in women's hockey news.
2: Yeah, so, full disclaimer, I was in Ghana for the entirety of this season, and was not watching hockey, so I am also not by any means an expert on women's hockey. I'm just a fan. If you want good women's hockey content, there are lots of blogs out there. I would recommend The Ice Garden because they're another SB Nation blog. They're great. I love them. But anyways, quick recap of what happened in the world of women's hockey because there was drama this past year. Um, after the CWHL folded, there was a huge boycott of the NWHL, basically. A bunch of players decided that they weren't going to play because they wanted a single economically viable league. And they formed the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association. Um, so that was pretty cool that there was like a, an association formed after that. the NWHL did introduce a new revenue sharing agreement where the players would get 50% of all the money from sponsorships um, which is pretty cool and so some of the players signed, ended up signing with the NWHL and playing that season. Some of them went on Battle of the Blades which I think was the best possible decision they could have made and a bunch of them, oh some of them went abroad as well, but a bunch of them um, spent the season doing the Dream Gap tour with the PWH, PWHPA, um, which was basically just a series of showcase events around North America, um, so it was like community involvement events and games, and basically they said that the aim was to close the gap between what boys and girls can aspire to achieve. So that's why they called it the Dream Gap, because there's like a gap in like the dreams of boys and girls, I guess, and they're trying to close that gap. Um, obviously, I was unable to attend any of those, seeing as I was in Ghana the whole time, but apparently they were really cool. And the latest news is that right when like all the sports teams shut down, there was so much uncertainty about players like livelihoods, especially with women's hockey. That the NWHL was like, "Hey guys!" big news, we're expanding to Toronto starting next season. I don't know if it was starting next season. Anyways, we don't know if there's gonna be a next season. But they're expanding to Toronto and this has, like, been in the works for a long time because as soon as the CWHL folded, the NWHL was like, hey, we're gonna expand to two different cities in Canada. Which, again, really bad timing, guys. Just just wait a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, it was... <laughs> It was kind of weird timing. We're guessing that, like, well, people keep saying that it's probably going to be in Montreal, the other team, um, but no word on that yet. I guess it's cool that they're trying to expand to Toronto. It's a good hockey market. Very ambitious. Like, I don't entirely trust the NWHL with this kind of stuff. I feel like they're a little bit too ambitious sometimes, but, like, I do kind of respect it at the same time, if that makes sense.
1: Um, I don't know how this is going to work out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously an interesting time for women's hockey in the way that the North American, like, hockey leagues, well, I guess first the CWHL folding, and then there was some some player strikes, and then, you know, now this expansion in the market. I think it's definitely ambitious of the um, NWHL to be like, okay, um, you know, we're expanding to Canada. Uh We've discussed this before off the podcast, but the fact that they you know that the rumor is that they're going to Montreal is on the one hand makes sense just in terms of logistics. Montreal's a good uh hockey market, and it's very close to the u s but on the other hand feels a little bit counterintuitive when Calgary has you know so many incredible uh women's hockey players who train yeah. over there. And also a a great market and would mean that we would have one team on the East Coast, one team on the West Coast, which I think Mm -hmm. could maybe even create a better fan base because you could sort of tap into that East Coast, West Coast rivalry. Whereas with Toronto and Montreal, again, like, obviously, uh, we love uh, rivalries (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, around here, but it is a pretty saturated market. Well, to be fair, though, do you think that hockey fans
2: in Montreal would ever cheer for a Toronto team?
1: I don't know. I think that if... I don't think so. You got to choose between Toronto and Calgary? You, you know yeah. what? You're all right. Though, Quebecois people are fucking haters. Like, they, they <laughs> yeah. won't cheer for an Ontario team. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> I, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I relate and I respect
1: that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I need to... I feel the need to say this after we made fun of Gatineau Boy Culture... And now are calling (laughs) Quebecois people haters. Uh, We both very much appreciate and love French Canadians and Quebecois people. I myself Mm -hmm. lived in Quebec for a while. Not to brag. I went to a French high school. Yeah, like we both both speak Mm -hmm. some good Quebecois French. So (laughs) I think that, you know, we appreciate the culture, but we also acknowledge that it's a culture of haters. (laughs) Of haters and questionable
2: haircuts. It's okay, I'm also a hater so like it's fine.
1: It's literally what this podcast's about. Um, mm-hmm. so I I think that you are right actually now that now that you mentioned that. Um, and of course you could again tap into that like Quebec Ontario rivalry which is very strong and has sort of like very effectively seeped into sports. I don't know. I don't know dude that's a mm-hmm. that's a good good thing to bring up. Love to say I don't know on my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> on my podcast about we having count opinions. how many
2: times we say this. Yeah. Oh, God. Um. Yeah. Also, other um, interesting women's hockey related news is that a bunch of men's sports teams are asking for uh, pandemic bailout money, um, and female athletes are not impressed about that. Personally, I think if these leagues can't make money. They just can't make money. That's too bad. They should consider just being better.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is all, again, related to the fact that men are just the inferior athletes. It's kind of sad, actually. They really
2: are. And, like, (laughs) it kind of is, but, like, you know, there's nothing we can do about it, and people just don't really want to, like, men's sports just aren't going to work, and they should just acknowledge that it's not going to work and accept that and just fold, honestly. Like, if they can't stay viable during this global crisis, like... What's too bad. next? It sucks
1: to be men's dumb. sports. Men's sports. What's gonna come next? Baby sports? <laughs> Dog right? sports? That's illegal. <laughs> 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 I will not stand for this. It's completely um, ridiculous, yeah. I think it's interesting that after many, many years, I mean it's unsurprising that after many years of um there being like very little support for uh women's leagues who operate on an absolute shoestring budget and have players who mm-hmm. have like day jobs um these like multi million dollar revenue teams are suddenly like, "But what if we can't play hockey <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. um, um it does show that there is economic instability in all all across sports. I mean you know you can't yeah. make money without your team playing. That makes perfect sense, however, they should maybe possibly have a little bit more money to kind of play around with, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there should be a little bit more flexibility. I think that, I mean, the CFL was just granted some government support. Mm -hmm. I see the government probably supporting sports teams, for better or for worse. I think that when this bleeds into at least nhl players getting more money that's kind of strange um but then again Mm -hmm. i don't understand how rich people handle their finances maybe you can't survive without millions of dollars every year i don't know (laughs) must be really hard (laughs) meanwhile beata just made fun of me because i've been saving up for a soda stream for several months (laughs)
2: Making fun of you i was saying that the soda stream takes priority over a
1: new microphone (laughs) oh dear or a microphone at all (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think that um you know i think it's difficult for us to have very nuanced opinions about people who have too much money (laughs) Mm -hmm. as students I mean, I'm not a student anymore, but as students, somebody who's only just dipping their toe into their field, like there's not, Mm -hmm. you know, we we can't really sympathize with uh, millionaires that much. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that it's definitely a good time for women's hockey players to be haters. I think that they should totally just ride this wave of being absolute haters because they've spent their entire careers, like most of them working full time on top of being professional hockey players. Now's the time to just shit all over the NHL. (laughs) I'm so for it. I love this. You know, I think it's a good time. Everybody needs a pandemic hobby. Your pandemic hobby could Mm -hmm. be hating on the NHL as a women's hockey player. That's okay.
2: Yeah, that's actually my full-time hobby at all times. It's not my pandemic
1: hobby. That's true. So... To continue being haters, we're going to talk about Brennan Leipzig. Here's the problem. Brennan Leipzig is a hater in a bad way, um, because Brennan Leipzig hates women in a way that's not... I mean, not that there's any good way to hate any kind of person, but (laughs) (laughs) it's just vile. So in case you uh, haven't been in the loop on this, Brennan Leipzig recently got into some big boy trouble um, because he was in Mm. a group chat with... Our very own Jack Roadwald, former senator, and his brother, whose name I don't know, <laughs> and they don't uh, bother. It it doesn't matter. His career is already over. They had been in a group chat, which was literally just literally just a chat to hate on women or say some like explicit mm. sexual slash violent stuff, which is weird to be saying with your brother. Nasty, absolutely disgusting. <laughs> I think that. I mean, like, it was primarily just being mean to women, and it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, when somebody's, like, I don't agree with your opinions. (laughs) It was,
2: um... No, no, they were, like, making fun of a woman's body after she had given birth, stuff like that. Like, really, like, low, nasty stuff.
1: We're talking, like, making fun of women's bodies. Also, like, very unfounded criticism of, like, I would say very, um... How would I, how would you put this? But, like, very traditionally attractive women. It It's strange and, like, I don't know what this says about you. I don't want to, like, armchair diagnose people, but it, it seems very strange to seek out women who are obviously, like, I mean, all women should deserve respect, but who are, like, seen as very beautiful by many people and it being your hobby to get together with your bros, your literal brother being one of them. and say something nasty about them.
2: Yeah.
1: The messages were really vile. It comes as no surprise to many of us who are women, but I don't think we ever get to fully see, you know, what is being said word for word. Yeah, Um, It was very upsetting. It's interesting in terms of the fact that a lot of the time when we hear about professional athletes being basically misogynists we hear about it in terms of either like reported assault rumors of abuse or yeah it's usually some form of like rumor or you know on ice slurs that's like a big thing mm-hmm. there's there's not this like or at least there hasn't been so far any kind of perverbitum recording of the like quote-unquote locker room talk and yeah, so this exactly. group chat being leaked was insane i think it kind of like showed Mm -hmm. people just how vile a lot of these conversations are in the long run it's damaged their careers more than anyone because leipzig's brother is not playing for the nhl yet he was playing for the university of manitoba i mean who knows if he ever was going to play for the nhl but he was playing for the university Mm -hmm. of manitoba they have kicked him off their hockey team leipzig's been put on waivers with the goal to like have his contact terminated by the washington capitals and Jack Roadwald, mm-hmm. who is currently playing for the Panthers' AHL team, is already on his last year of the contract. So, with the season being suspended, he basically played his last game. So, on the yeah. one hand, like, you know, what they said was truly horrific. I think that the reason why we're seeing such a fast reaction by the NHL after a history of misogynistic behaviour is because these guys were not particularly... I mean. You know, they're better than like your regular beer league player, but they weren't like star players in the NHL. I think it would have been a
2: very different reaction if it had been like a superstar doing that. I mean, like, we've seen superstars be accused of way worse than this and like
1: nothing happens, right? Yeah, I mean it's the it's there's two things that play into this. One of this one of the things is that obviously this is leaked messages, so mm-hmm. it's hard to say, Oh, this is just a legend like these are just ele- alleged activities. These aren't alleged activities. Like there's literally, you know, images of the messages they've been sending each other circulating. On the other hand, again, we don't have mm-hmm. players who are particularly influential within the NHL. Like their careers are no. dead. I think yeah. that it would be nice if we could trust the NHL to be swifter with their punishments, uh, to this kind of stuff in general. But you know maybe it's it's a baby step in the right direction maybe they needed like hopefully yeah to do this
2: (laughs) yeah i will say my favorite take on this is all the like hockey guys basically just saying well it's like the problem is that they had their privacy violated and it's so awful that this happened to them and it was leaked because like Who among us doesn't have at least one group chat in which we, like, relentlessly demean women, right? Um, Just you, I think. I I don't know, personally, I don't have one of those group chats. I don't know if you guys, like, if everybody expects me to have one of those, if I'm, like, the only one who doesn't. Well, Um, and even vice versa. Am I just not being invited to these group chats?
1: I mean, even vice versa, we don't have a group chat where we send each other pictures of men and are, like, look at this disgusting person. Like, Actually, we do, but it's their messages, (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's actually we do have a group chat where we send screenshots of the really gross messages that men send us unprompted and we're like, "You gross." But I feel like
1: that that's ones a, slightly different. I think that's different than picking on women who we either haven't re- like haven't interacted with, don't want to interact with, or do interact with who've done nothing to us. Like that it's a very different mm-hmm. dynamic. See, also, I feel like if somebody hacked my DMs, they wouldn't be like,
2: wow, this person is terrible. They'd be like, Yikes, men are gross. If somebody
1: hacked my DMs and posted screenshots, everybody would cancel me for being boring. Like <laughs> I I this... tweeted when this came out that like I was
2: trying to think of like the most awful thing I've ever sent, the most embarrassing thing I've ever sent to a group chat that like I would not want people to know. And, like, honestly, the most horrifying thing I've ever sent was that one time that, like, Poppy, you were in on this, too, where we were all just writing, like, really disgusting mascot fanfiction in the chat, and then we screenshotted that and leaked it ourselves, and
1: then that inspired (laughs) this
2: podcast. So, like...
1: Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think that if you yourself um, looked at those messages... And I'm not going to, we're not going to repeat what they said word for word because it's nasty and honestly <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. But if you, if you, obviously it's very easy to find these. If you look at Brendan Leipzig's fun bro group chat and you think to yourself, hmm, my bros and I have a group chat like this. It may be time for self-reflection. Like just, <laughs> just think about Maybe. it. Maybe. Just for a a hot second, I did... This actually coincided with um, a local musician called Marie-Claude. She's releasing her first anglophone album called Chal, And the first Mm -hmm. uh, couple of songs on her album are about her time as a hockey wife. And so she's been writing up these sort of reflections on her time as a hockey wife. And one of them that came out very recently was about how when she was still married to a player, one of his teammates came up to her and was talking about how... He was very sort of very proudly and in a very public space, like a cafe, about how his mom his mom sorry his wife got what he called a mommy makeover, which was basically mm. post pregnancy surgery, which included everything from like breast augmentation to uh, like a labioplasty, and mm. she was writing about how like horrified she was in that moment of how casually and how sort of proudly he was talking about that, and. It makes sense with the way that, you know, like, people like Brennan Leipzig are making fun of the way women look after they literally just gave birth. And again, I also want to point out that it's very important that uh, weight is not a value statement. And um, doesn't, like, make you attractive or unattractive. And uh, Mm -hmm. the fact that these men take their time, take time out of their sweet, wonderful days just to think about women's bodies so obsessively is really harmful and bad and i think the best thing we can do is you know like obviously when you see these things call them out but also just kind of live your life because like there's always going to be some kind of nasty nasty men (laughs) in a group chat somewhere definitely i mean i hope that someday there won't be but um i just thought that this was a really interesting moment for her to kind of start this series while these like screenshots were leaked and she has some, like, very interesting observations about the life of um, traveling with, like, a spouse as a hockey partner. So if you guys are interested yeah, in that... sounds really interesting. I would definitely recommend checking out Marie-Claude on uh, social media and her album mm-hmm. Shell should be out really soon. Wow, plugging someone oh. who, again, hasn't sponsored us. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> wow. Um, Just was, free advertisements. So that was rude of me. Um, she actually put some really interesting... Um, sort of thoughtful messages out there and i i uh, i think we don't get enough interesting insightful uh i think writing from women who who sort of are in the backgrounds of like Mm -hmm. professional hockey playing associations so it's kind of nice to get a very unfiltered version because obviously there is like the podcast that the predators have out with Julie... Yeah, with
2: Julie Turris.
1: Yeah, with Julie Turris, which is also really good and insightful, but it's also, like, heavily you know, influenced by the organization itself, so I'm sure they can't speak yeah, as
0: obviously.
1: unfiltered as they'd like to. Mm-hmm. So anyway, check her out. Very interesting woman. Has a lot of interesting stuff to say. So, I think it's time for us to talk about who deserves the big rig energy this week.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. So this week, we have decided to give it to
2: our king, Craig Medaglia. We had a discussion before recording this about whether or not we had already given this to Craig Medaglia,
1: and we decided that we didn't care because he deserves it. He's an icon and a king. He did just lose Dylan DeMello, which I'm sure was really hard. And uh, more importantly, he's been spicing up uh, quarantine by making a fake late night show, which is so chaotic. And I'm really into it. <laughs> like it's, it comes with laugh tracks. It comes with bad jokes. It comes with Craig wearing a suit. Um, it's it's really good. I really enjoyed it. And if you haven't seen it yet, you should check it out. Um, king of send social media, in my opinion. He's such an icon. I know, right? <laughs> on that note, thank you for listening to This Amelican Life. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at CoolCatMom. And I'm at cbeatae. Or you can email us at thisamalnicanlife at gmail.com. The music this week is I'm Gonna Be Here by Buddy White. Uh, You can find her on buddywhite.com. That's white with a Y. And um, she's been hosting the Ideal Coffee Folk Fridays, which are obviously cancelled for the moment, but they're doing a live stream on Facebook. So if you check out Ideal Coffee on uh, Facebook, you can watch their Folk Friday live stream. Uh, also, find her music on buddywhite tunes.bandcamp.com and of course find her on Facebook.
2: So, our logo is by Lena Novi and Angus Fitzgerald Clark. For bonus content, please find us at patreon.com slash life. You can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And, of course, you can rate us on iTunes. Right now, we are not under the name This Amalnican Life. We are under the name, I think, of Silver 7 Podcast. Let me let me Google that really quickly. <laughs> we are
1: we're under Silver 7.
2: And podcast. Yeah, just, just, like, search Silver 7, and that's what the
1: podcast is called. Exactly. All right. Thank you.
0: Bye. Bye. At times it ain't pleasant to remain in the present. The stars know our lives ain't lost.
1: If the past is
0: an illusion, the future a dream, won't you help me sing this song? Yes, I'm gonna be here. I've always been here. Never been anywhere